This is JB McConville, aka J Business. I don't have any allegiance, I'm just looking for the money. You're listening to the DU Football Show. Old JB came in hot this week, scored on the penalty right at the end. He had uh, Tillemans, so he beat Dave's team on the last goal of the week. Nice. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Graham is now a proud new papa, and we are going to start a show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking gooner grab. Snow the Lord. Straight and short, Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Fucking United! Fucking United! Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show. A completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me, filling in for the proud new papa, Mr. Graham, is our good buddy, Russ. Russ, how you doing? I am doing well today. My team is sitting on top of the table, and it's all sunshine right now. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, you're on top of the table. You beat me in fantasy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. We're recording at Studio H just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. And should you want to chat with us, there's many ways that you can. Russ, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch? You can get in touch with us by going to all the socials at DU Football Show. And you can also email the show at dufootballshow at gmail.com. Or you can look it up on proudnewpapa.com for Sam and some baby photos. Excellent. Very good. Yes, if you haven't figured it out yet, everybody... Mr. Graham is a father. Little uh, Cameron Gabriella was born last week, and uh, baby's fine, mom's fine, everybody's home and doing well, and his daughter Tegan is happy as hell to be a brand new uh, big sister. So all is right with the world. Uh, Russ and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry, because Russ actually does work in the wine and spirit industry, and have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Russ, we're doing a theme tonight. What all are we drinking? Tonight, we're going to start off with Blackened. It was a Dave Pickerel project that he worked on, and two years and one day ago, Dave passed away. Mm -hmm. So we're taking his honor tonight by going through a few of his whiskeys. The first one is the Blackened. This is batch 101. So what Blackened is, is a collaboration that Dave did with Metallica. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of bourbon and rye whiskeys put in brandy cast, and then they play a soundtrack to it. So this is batch 101. You can go online, find out the songs that they play in the batch, who from the band picks it out. And each one will just get a slight different taste depending on the beat of the music going into it. Mm-hmm. This one you can find in the store from $49.99 to $55.99. Excellent. And then after that, we're going into the Hill Rock, right? And then later on tonight, we will do Hill Rock. And that is the project that he started in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. So no matter which one you drink, the main thing is to always drink responsibly. Absolutely. Wow. Look at that. Wow. Not even snaps for him. 
And it just rolled off his tongue so naturally. You know, nice and simple, you right? Know, it's so easy. Uh, the other one we'll drink is going to be the uh, we've had before, the Hill Rock Solera bourbon. Uh, runs about $89.99 to $95.99. It is uh, aged like a Solera system brandy, except for you put them into separate barrels because you have to do that with bourbon. You can't have them all be co-mingling with one another, but uh, the finishing product is Oloroso Sherry. And the key thing about a Solera is, is that it can never go below 50%. If it never goes below 50%, which of course they make sure it never does, the youngest molecule of bourbon and the oldest molecule of bourbon you've ever made are constantly co-mingling. So it doesn't have an age statement and it's pretty, pretty crazy and very, when you go, oh, why is a bottle of bourbon $95? Because a person walks up into a rack with a pump that they have to drain a certain amount out of a barrel to transfer into another barrel and then dump barrels, brand new barrels into secondary barrels and those secondary barrels into third barrels. And it is labor is intensive as hell. And that bourbon sees four different barrels in its time. So whenever you see something expensive, that's typically the reason. And I remember Dave talking about how, what a nightmare that was for his accountant because you're taxed (laughs) on the age of all the bourbon. And you can't say, hey, this one's four, this one's five, this one's three, this one's two, because you're blending it all together all the time. Yeah. Well, so, getting it getting it passed, getting it passed with um, um, the TTB was a nightmare because everybody's so used to bourbon having, or and just American whiskeys in general, having an age statement. And the fact that they don't have an age statement at all makes it impossible. It just, it's very wild. It was, it was a fun project to be part of because both of us sold it when we both worked for the same distributor and, uh, and just Dave talking about it was pretty incredible. So, and you got to go up there and malt the grains too. One time. Did you not? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, not just malt the grains. Um, and this was, gosh, this was the summer before he passed. So I'm talking maybe it was late August, early September when we did it and he passed in November. So just a few months before his passing, but I, I have the very distinct honor of being able to say that I spent a day making whiskey with the one and only Dave Pickerel. You know, Mr. Johnny Appleseed, you gotta, yep. you always have that memory. Yep. All right, kids. Yeah, you had to work with, with him the day, uh, the week after he died. Yeah, I was supposed to pick him up at the yeah. airport. Yeah, we, we were supposed to be in town. I ended up having to do a dinner um, for him that the, the account still wanted to do the mm. dinner. It took everything in my power to not sob like a baby while I was doing it. I, I walked out to the car and cried. It was. I still have the cigars at home in my humidor that we were going to smoke that weekend. Oh, yeah. He was coming oh, in that's before right. Veterans Day weekend. Yep. yep. It was just insane. So He was a great man. Absolutely. So this one's to Dave tonight. Cheers. Let's have a great show, kids. Um, so this week we're going to open with matches that weren't necessarily the best or most exciting matches. But but the storylines are incredible, and it was also two teams trying to reestablish themselves. One, trying to make themselves part of the big six again, and another, back at the top of the table. Liverpool 2, West Ham 1, Arsenal 1, Manchester United 0. Russ, your Reds are back on the top of the table again. It, you know, with all the injuries, and everyone's going to have injuries this year with everything going on, they're just finding a way to win. It mm-hmm. didn't look pretty. It They did not look like they had that crisp passing that they had last year. But in the end, they just found a way to bring on two super subs and get the goal. 
dare I say, um, you're playing the hottest team in the league with West Ham. I mean, they, you know, the, the eight points in, in five matches that they probably, uh, I'm sorry, in four matches that they might not have probably shouldn't have gotten and hell, they jumped out to the lead in yeah, this match as well. They and took the lead right at the beginning. Deserved lead as well. They really took the game to Liverpool. Yeah, they were playing. They were pushing. They were countering. I mean, going down the wings, they were flying down there. And, you know, they were attacking Liverpool, like where you and I have said that's their weakness is mm-hmm. go at Trent. Yeah. And they kept going down that side, throwing in crosses. And the the clearance that, that gave up the first goal, yeah, Gomez could have cleared it a little bit better. He put it right to the player. But... He did his job. He put it in the net. Now, um, I do wonder, you mentioned uh, injuries, and of course you guys are mourning the loss of the Dutch tulip. Um, can, we, can we take a second? Please. Okay, continue. All right, excellent. I would just like to know what um, actions the English government are going to take against Virgil van Dyke for the disruption and injuring of Hamas's testicle. I want answers. I want them now. What kind of testicles does this man have that it took him two matches before it kind of affected him? Because he's such a man, he decided to get on the pitch and keep fucking playing is what it was. <laughs> I think it's a phantom call. You know, it's just another Everton excuse or Evarton, as they're now known. You know, you were getting those calls when you're at the top of the table. Yeah. As you keep sliding down, you're not going to be getting them as much. No, I would imagine we're not. There's certainly only favoritism to the top of the league. That's for damn sure. They didn't do us any favors this week. So. <laughs> One would say they did you a big favor there with that Salah one. That was soft. Hey, it was soft, <laughs> but when you saw the defender throw his arms up right away, yeah. he was pretty much admitting to it. Oh, the defender. That was he. Idiot. He needs to sell that. Like, I didn't do anything, but he threw it up and had the guilty look on his face. And you, you hear the commentators go, why is he looking back like he did it? Like, don't even just keep playing and pretend like it didn't even happen. If you would have done that, ref might not have called it it's look I'll, I'll say the following it was a penalty he he got a leg on him mo was smart enough to sell the fuck out of it yep was it did. a hard foul no. no was it what if was it one of those things that if you had kept going might the ref have kept the whistle in his pocket and told mo to get up he might have he might have very well have done it Right. And and VAR may have looked at it and gone, oh, there's nothing really here to overturn. But the defender just, and I think it was uh, Musaku who did it, who just like turns around and goes, huh, me? Like, no, don't do that. Don't keep, do keep that. Keep playing, keep playing. <laughs> yeah. But the moment he turned around, and to me that was one of those calls, like you said, if you, the whistle isn't blown, it just plays on. No one's going to question it. You can't overturn that. But once they made the call on the field or the pitch, you, you're stuck with that. I didn't think that was getting overturned. Well, and the other thing you have to remember about um, a, a so, about sides in this league is, as we've already established, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be a lot of injuries, and we've seen it already happen. There's a ton of fucking injuries. How do you respond to it? And, well, Liverpool, fortunately, until Firmino just took a knock, they've had their big three up front, which that makes a lot of difference in a game. Okay, so you're missing your best center back. You're missing a talisman back there. But if you got three guys who can score at will, that kind of helps a little bit. That makes up for a lot of defensive flaws when you have guys that are just capable of putting the ball in the back of the net like they are. And uh, Diego Jata has slid right into that team and is a perfect fit. When you were talking about like the the super subs coming off the bench last week Mm -hmm. and how like, 
you know, Torre is, is he a starter or is he a, a sub? Right. The way he's playing right now, Jota, do you keep him on the bench? Where do you put him? I, I think he's a sub. I, I, I think you just keep doing what you do with him. You know, start him occasionally, but I think for the most part, his impact is much greater coming on to the, onto the match as a sub. And also because a lot of times too, they're putting him in an advanced midfield role. And with you missing the amount of center backs you're missing right now, because obviously Fabinho, obviously Virgil van Dyke, but then like Matip is hurt right now as well. So it's like, normally you would just go Gomez Matip and it would be the end of discussion. Do you realize Gomez Matip have never started together? Uh, of, of course they haven't, but you it's, need, but you need them to, right. But you're going to need to do that. Right. So what you have to do is it, it has to be Henderson out there. It's gotta be, you know, Gigi Wijnaldum. It's gotta be defensive, more reserved, control the ball midfielders. And that way, you know, you're protecting yourself in the back because frankly, you saw it with Villa, you push too high. Someone can make you pay. And now you don't even have Van Dyke to help cover for when you get made to pay, right? So put in a stronger midfielder, a stronger, more defensive midfield set, start like that, and then you bring Jota in as you need to open up the game. And I think that's really the spot for him right now. But Jesus, like I said, he fits like a glove. He's he's perfect. He is a, a, do I even dare say, good thing you didn't pay the buyout clause for Werner and got Jota instead because Jota probably fits your system better. Yep, and he's good coming off the bench right now. Yeah, where Werner would be expecting to start and where the hell would you have put Werner in those front three? Because it's not like you can make Werner a a midfielder. Jota, you can make a midfielder. You can't make Werner be a midfielder on on that team. And None of those three guys deserve to go off the pitch. Right. Now, um, I do have to uh, mention there was obviously the one goal that got called back on uh, on Liverpool uh, with Mane's interference. I would like to say I found it very interesting that uh, Mane sliding into a goalie with his spikes up apparently is not a red card offense. Well, but everybody else who has their spikes up are red card offenses. We've established that goalies do not get red cards. If we go back to the Evarton match, uh-huh. there wasn't a red card given to the goalie for karate chopping some guy's legs. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> you know, just spikes coming up. And he was pushed. Let's, let's go back. Oh, him, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, someone pushed his leg up. There was a hand underneath his calf. Oh, pushes. I, yeah. I did like how... How conveniently the um the the announcers were great. They were like, he's not even going for the ball. He's just trying to block the ball. Like you, the ball's behind him. Yeah. You could just tell he was sliding in the goalie just to make sure the goalie couldn't get to the ball. He was make sure Fabianski couldn't get there. So they they got it right. Uh, I mean, I, I I say it tongue in cheekly, but but it is funny that we mentioned it last week about how apparently now spikes up means red, and then and and I even said on last week's show I said. But what if it's someone you don't want to see get a red? A big player on a big team. And what happens the very next week? A big player on a big team slides spike up. I mean, not even a yellow. Not even a no. yellow. Like, got no card at all for that. Nope. It they was just pretty got the bad. goal taken away. That yeah. was it. But then, of course, like we said, Jota comes in, gets gets the goal after that is um, for, for the winner. Um, but the pass from Shakiri coming into that was, mm-hmm. whoa. I mean, he's, he's that guy who I know at the transfer deadline, they were like, should we keep him? Do we need to let him go? Cause they had to get under the amount of players that they could have that weren't homegrown on the team. Right. And I think he benefited from staying. And 
I mean, that pass right between the legs, Mane's just standing there because Mane touches it. It's offsides. It yeah. goes right by him. You know, he plays, you know, just sat there. But Hota coming in and just striking that, that was a nice little. I mean, how well if he, if he even moves or like he just stops, stopped dead in his tracks. Because if he moved in any direction at all, you could say, oh, you were blinding the keeper, you know. Yeah. But again, guy laying on the ground last season yeah, that, with a six foot tall keeper right. standing over to that, that could blind that, him too. That blind, but this didn't blind him. No, no. Nope, not not my bitter glasses at all. Not nope, at all. Not, not, not at all. Everton bitter one bit. Not at all. No, no, no. Um, West Ham, seriously, hell of a run. Um, now they play somebody, I forget exactly. I think they have Fulham. Watch them completely fuck it up and lose just because they played so well against really good competition. Um, well, I think right on this run they had, they got enough points to get out of that bottom. Yeah. And so now it's, can we not screw it up the rest of the way? Y- yeah, exactly. And that's, we were hinting at that last week and even the week before with Sam was just like, uh, you know what? You can certainly figure out a way to keep yourself safe from harm early and I think West Ham's done it. Because, I mean, the season's grueling. There's going to be lots of ups and downs throughout it. But it, a hell of a run in a in a situation where most most fans would say, I expect them to get zero points on this run. And they got eight, like, in some big key wins. And it was just very, very, very encouraging for them. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, so moving on to Arsenal and Manchester United. The last time that these two teams were bottom of the table, right, below the top 10, and faced each other in a competitive match in the league, 1936. Kind of funny, because this is, you think, uh, for anybody who's newer to the Prem, you you wouldn't know this, but before 2010, from from really 95 to about 2010, the marquee matchup of the Premier League was... Arsene Wenger versus Sir Alex Ferguson, Arsenal, and Manchester United. And it was the two of them that kind of swapped titles back and forth throughout the entire time. And so this used to be the billboard match. Well, and when they put it on at the prime time that they did on Sunday, they were going up against the NFL. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got two historic team names going off, but I don't think they quite put on the show that was needed of that prime time. No, and I would put most of the blame there on Manchester United because Arsenal took it to them. The midfield for them looked, they didn't look in sync at all. Yeah, it's one of the, so so to talk about Manchester United, I would say one of the key things that's worth mentioning is, is unfortunately Pogba and Bruno Fernandes are a great pairing offensively. They're an absolute liability defensively like that team becomes it's like playing nine against 11 defensively because Bruno ain't coming back like and and if he does he's not really defending anybody he's just following him around and and Pogba just likes to think he can get away with bloody murder and he can't like I mean that the the foul for the penalty was was a simple, stupid mistake at best. That is the nicest compliment we can give that foul. There's zero reason to go in on him like that. None. And you're in the box. Have some fucking spatial awareness. Know where the fuck you are. It was it was horrible. And when I watch Pogba play, he's always trying to do like that fancy pass, that little crazy duke on someone. Instead of just passing, make 
picking out the runner, finding the spot, putting it in there. He's always trying to do that one extra step. And I think they're just catching him all the time with that. And he's just not able to do that. I'm, I'm beginning to wonder for Paul, Paul, Paul Pogba. There are players that aren't meant for the English Premier League. And I'm beginning to think he's not meant for the English Premier League. I think if he goes, let's say he goes to PSG or goes to Madrid like he really wants to, or even went back to Italy, I guarantee you he would go back to being a bona fide star. Right. And everybody will go, oh, it was Manchester United that broke him. No, I just don't think he belonged in the Prem. He's just not built for this league. Some players are, some players aren't. No, and they have talent at that midfield, but I mean, I want to say the possession on it was fairly equal for the match. Um, a like, little. It, it was Manchester United started having more possession towards the end of the match because they were trying to get the equalizer. But the first half was all all Arsenal, and then the start of the second half was uh, very much was very much um, Man U came out of the gate kind of pumping. But then Arsenal kind of squashed it pretty quickly. And right. for for um, for Arsenal, you know what? It, getting a win at Old Trafford, I want to say it's the first time since uh, 2014 was the first time that they gotten a win at Trafford. It is the second time in 30 matches that they've gotten wins against the, quote, big six clubs. Uh, they got the one last year against you guys with Liverpool yep. and then got this one. Well, and this is the first one on the road that they've gotten too. Yes. Yes. First one on the road. And it just, was it pretty? No. Are they still having problems finding ways to create shots? Absolutely. They're still having problems. Is, you know, Obama Yang out of the woods for scoring? Mm, probably not. Cause there really weren't very many cre- like, there just weren't creative opportunities for him to score throughout that match. Now, but the key thing was, is he got a fucking goal, which is, you know, since he signed the contract, you desperately needed him to score a goal. Right. And at least he finally got one. And that should help him kind of crack things and get them moving and get back to form again. But, uh, well, I, I do like how man, you had Greenwood starting on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in Cavani later on to kind of help, change him out because I think that's the perfect role for both of those two going forward. Yeah. Cavani's absolutely going to be a sub striker. Now um, he certainly added an imp- Like it felt like he had an impact on the game when he got in, he immediately got a shot off on the very first kick. Very, I think it was a corner kick. He came right in and got a shot that just grazed the outside of the net. Um, Man, U's going to need to realize that that's basically what you got Cavani for is he's going to, you know, coming off the bench, maybe get you a goal. And outside of that, don't expect much else from him. Don't expect tracking back. Don't just understand he's your poacher and let him do, let him do his job. And hopefully it, it, it starts to work for them. But, but the last thing, what does this victory do for the Sam Graham's daughter? She has not seen her team lose at all. This is going to set her up for a lot of disappointment in life. So that's much an, disappointment. That's an excellent point. Her entire life, Arsenal has been a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Still, yeah. still not on the top of the table, but you know. <laughs> still haven't been on top of the table this season. Cause at least we've done that for a little while. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, the, for, for Arsenal, actually it's a step in the right direction. It's continuing what we're talking about with, with what Arsenal has needed to do, which is an overhaul and a change in culture. And, 
the fans hopefully continue to be patient with Arteta. I think so far in any of the losses, the one thing they haven't done is complain about Arteta in the loss, which is good because that's not normally an Arsenal fan perspective. He's building something there. Yeah, and and hopefully that's that's the key thing. You have to just that team has to remain patient and and keep things going. And with that being said, that is all we're talking about fucking Arsenal this fucking week. Everyone's favorite favorite married couple continues their sharing of Malort shots at the same time. Southampton 4, Aston Villa 3, Newcastle 2, Everton 1. Um Southampton, I, again, we I want to talk about them first, when, especially from their win last week as well against Everton. Started the season on two losses. They have been straight fire since. Absolute fire since. And, and this match is a tale of the first 60 minutes and then the last 30-plus yeah. minutes. I mean, that first 60 minutes, Southampton was taking it to them. Oh, yeah. yeah. We looked disorganized. Um, dare I say we looked Early, like last year's villa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very, very much so. Um, he, here, here's an Although, idea. Here's, I don't know if you were here for the morning, but a uh, game was at 7 a.m. Yes. And I'm okay, they're starting. I go to let the chickens out. By time I came back, three minutes in, that first goal happened. It already won nothing. Yeah, thank God VAR pulled it back. Uh huh. But yeah, I was like, I like, I can't even let my chickens out, and already. Um, Matty Cash with a just oh, he was playing rough jump shot, B- bad yeah. handball. God, what was that? Like he was uh, going up for the rebound. Like it, it's and all, but but the other thing too is it was desperate in in the brave desperate in the brave new world that is VAR. You know that's going to get caught. So even if the ref doesn't catch it on the field, it's going to get fucking caught. Like. Why aren't you just, you know, you jump, you realize you're not going to get it, try to land and, and go in and, and get a tackle on the back post, or at least your goalie has a straightaway look at the back post. And James Ward-Prowse, wow, fuck me. That first goal, over the wall, perfectly, right over uh, Tyrone Mings, who I, I don't even know if he planned it. He was of the, the lowest- wall. He was the lowest one of all the guys who jumped, which is funny because he's the biggest one in the wall, but it like just over his head and up into the upper 90s. I, get it. I mean, that is a Martinez did not see that ball till it was in the back until it was already going over his he head. He had no shot at it. No chance at it. No. So so here's an idea, Villa. It was a good kick. I mean, I can't was, I can't it, deny it was sexy it, as hell. Yeah. If Ward Prowse does that once, uh-huh. what don't you want to do? Do a handball right outside oh the box God. and give him another shot at it. I mean, one would think you would not want to let him do it again. Steps right the fuck up, puts it right in the exact same spot. I mean, to a T, it was the exact same spot in the corner. Insane. My, my wife was watching it with me and she goes, are you watching a replay? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's another kick. They're That's like, what I thought. That's what I thought at first. They let him kick it twice from there. I'm like, you, you're not allowed to jump up and touch the ball with your hand on the outside of the box. Right. Yep. Just, re- oh my God, That ridiculous. would be when I was pouring my coffee and I thought I was watching a replay and then it had dawned well, on me. I, I texted Sam. I'm like, how's Mel doing? <laughs> I just wanted to check in on her. <sighs> so um, Ings gets the fourth goal early in the second half, but then Ings goes out on a knock. Also, I believe it was Bertrand went out on a knock too. This is the one 
big concern I have for Southampton is they sold away a lot of their depth, a lot, a whole lot of their depth. So I'm a little nervous that they might not. Yeah, I, I think there's talent on the team. I think Hassan Hoodle is is got his message message clear to his players, and his players are doing well. But this is one of those teams where I think like depth. You lose Ings. Sure, you have Che Adams, but then you're putting a lot on him, right? You lose James Ward Prowse. You're fucked. Right. Fucked. And, it's, it's I mean over. You're fucked. Yeah, they can't afford to lose Ings, and Ings has always been an injury mm-hmm. risk. I mean. But watching him go down in the later on in the match, you could, I mean, one thing I will give Villa during this match is they were pushing the whole time. They did not curl up. They, um, they kept going. They kept pushing. And yeah, relentless. Captain Jack definitely showed why he has that cap. Oh, the yeah. Captain. And his goal, oh, oh, oh yeah. that was sexy. Also, not just. But he had a couple good runs, but they just couldn't keep up with him. Well, not just his goal. Um, His ability to walk away from the penalty. Oh, he yeah. was the one who got fouled, and he yep. is the penalty shot taker. But one of those kind of golden rules is if you get fouled, don't take the penalty shot because you're kind of all worked up about the foul. And he, him realizing my striker, my new young striker, scored three against Liverpool, hasn't scored since. Here's an opportunity. We're down We're down 4-1 at this point. It doesn't matter if he misses. What does it matter if, if he makes it? Great. If he misses, it's not the end of the world. And he turned around and handed the ball right to Ollie and goes, go take it, kid. And That's, what happened four minutes later for him? Got another goal. He got a goal. Boom. Yeah. So... Um, well, I guess it's time for uh, yes, Mel Russ, to get Russ shot. asked if he could have the honor of, of pouring my shot. Yep. And I figure, you know, after we beat his team 7-2, it was the least I could do. Oh, see, you're going to be all mean to him like that? I wasn't that. being mean. I was being factual you know, as fuck. You're just throwing that jab in there? That's kind of <laughs> fucked up, man. <laughs> I was mean to him during sound check, too. But you know? <laughs> you know what? I'll let you pick which one you want. I think this one's got less. And I'm going to do one with you what? because you Why? guys did school my team seven to two. Aww. And unfortunately, I was out of town dealing with some family things at I the know, time. Russ. I wasn't able to drink with you. But the saddest part about that beating, that's the last match my dad got to see. Oh, damn. So going out on that, I'm like, oh, but, you know, Mel. Cheers. Cheers. Class act, Russ. All right. Excellent. I'm afraid I'm starting to get used to it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you mind passing that bottle over here? Because now we got to talk about my shit club. Um, <laughs> no one's doing a shot with you. Oh, no. I already got a glass, on. I knew right. this was coming. See, I'm I'm a professional, as we've already discussed. I have a um, feeling my, uh, my ginger tea will wipe this away pretty well. Um, uh, one last thing worth mentioning in the Villa-Southampton um, match. It's like, okay, Villa, good resolve for scoring three goals. But what the fuck are you doing spotting somebody for? Like, I just, you, you couldn't have played, like you said, horrible 60 minutes into a great 30 minutes. Well, you got to play a complete match out there. End of discussion. Um, so the newly named by Taylor, smooth as fuck Darby, was anything but probably one of the ugliest matches of the weekend, <laughs> especially that first half. I was starting to nod off. It was that bad. It was, whew, it was a shit match. 
the most excitement in the first half was watching Pickford stay on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, outside of that, there was nothing in that first half. Worth fantastic. Um, I, I, um, give the pundits a little bit of shit, including Timmy, who's on the fucking, you know, been on Everton before. Now, granted, it's, you know, he's pre Pickford. But Pickford is a former Sunderland player, right? Yeah, the ginger tea did not wipe out the taste. No, still got it, huh? Yeah. So Pickford's a former Sunderland product. And Pickford has had two nightmarish games against Newcastle. The most recent one being the one last year where they, we had a 2-0 lead and lost it in 90 seconds and ended up drawing 2-2. That was one of Carlo's first matches at the helm. And then two seasons before that where... We went up one nothing, but uh, Pickford decided to uh, foul a Newcastle player, get a penalty, save the penalty, then just to give up three goals and lose three to one. So Pickford is shit against Newcastle. He's horrendous against Newcastle. And everybody's going, oh, Olsen's in because that's, that's it. They're benching Pickford. They're benching Pickford. They may. Olsen played well. All things considering, Olsen played very well and made a couple of very crucial saves. But also, guys, do your fucking research. If a broke dick fucking podcast in fucking the uh, a fucking office of Annapolis fucking Maryland has Studio enough H. common sense. I'm sorry. Yeah, know, yeah. Studio okay. in Annapolis. Has, has enough fucking common sense to know that someone, uh, a player has a bad history against the team. Tell your researchers to do fucking better. You all should fucking know that. Well, Timmy <laughs> did you guys no favors. I mean, he was throwing some gasoline on that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, because Timmy's had it happen to him. Like, well, he, what he did like his goalie perspective on that, talking about how when the coach calls you over, he just kind of looks at him and goes, really? Yeah, well, and that was what he's referring to was um, um, Roberto Martinez, because at the end of Timmy's career, when he was finally – going to move on to uh to Colorado which was funny because he at that before that point he had no intentions of going to the MLS. He was going to finish out his career at Everton and then call it a day, which he figured would be a couple more seasons and that would be it. And Martinez benched him for uh Joel Robles which I I think Tim had made some mistakes, but I also think having John Stones in front of you who thinks he's the Messi of fucking center backs probably didn't help him very much, but I guarantee you what he is referring to was that moment right then and there when uh, when Roberto Martinez went to Joel Robles instead of him. And the way he said it was like, you know, oh, you want to get me a break? Really? 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 Do you want to get... Because he is right. A goalie plays. A goalie plays all the time. You don't... Okay, maybe you don't play the cup games because you get the backup a break uh, sometime, but a goalkeeper plays every match. Right. Um, well, and you guys are getting hit by that injury bug. Or the red oh. card bug, too. Yeah, the red Which, card Which, congratulations, <laughs> this is your first match in the last three where you guys didn't get a red card. Yeah, I know. How about that? Well, it's uh, I'm still trying to figure out, by the way, just want to say, I called it last week that Dinez was getting rescinded. As it should have. Um, but here's my question to that. Okay, you you realize it's not violent conduct, and you suspend you suspend it. How did he still get a game? So either he did the red card, and it was worthy of three matches or he doesn't get the red card and it's no games. Right. Like, um, I believe what I'm thinking is, is that he was on a yellow. So they're going back and saying, Oh, that foul was a yellow. So since it's two yellows, you get a game. 
Right. Um, that didn't really matter. Niles and Cuckoo played fine in that role. Uh, what was disappointing, and this is where I wanted to make the comparison to what you guys did versus what we did. Your guys, next man up, they fucking did their job, right? Right. Nathaniel Phillips had never played a fucking game for you. Filled in wonderfully. Filled in wonderfully. Wait, he did play one game last year. I believe he won one nothing. Oh, thanks. Fuck you. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck entirely off. Um, <laughs> We can't title that the show, but it's what it should be titled. Um, no, I'm already leaning towards what kind of balls, unless you come up with something better. Okay, very good. Um, the You put Bernard out there. You, well, Bernard and Awobi come in as subs. You have Gomez, Sigurdsson, Delph, DeCore, Allen. All right, so DeCore and Allen are starters. Very disappointed for me because I felt like this was the kind of match that DeCore could become the boss in. And he really didn't do much, but you know, Sigurdsson, there's an opportunity, does nothing with it. Gomez does nothing with it. Well, you know, it, it, then then you turn around and you have Awobi comes in off the bench, does nothing with it. Bernard does nothing with it. It's like you, you players are going to get injured. Here's the opportunity for you to take over the match. Guilty, you're supposed to be this big great playmaker. Why didn't you make any plays? You know what plays he made? giving the ball right back to Newcastle, which is what he did the week before when he gave the ball back to Southampton. Uh, it's just very frustrating to watch. And honestly, Manchester City's figuring out a way to get wins with people being injured. You're figuring out ways to get wins with people being injured. Leicester's figuring out ways to get wins with people being injured. It can't be an excuse. No. And frankly, we are dog shit without Hamas and, and Richie. And that well, can't be the way it is. And you've got one of the hottest strikers up top in Dominic Calvin Lewin right now. Yeah. I mean- but no one's getting him the, the ball. He got no the one's ball. getting him the. He got the ball twice. He scored once. Yeah. Like if somebody would have just gotten the ball into the guy, that's all they had to do, and they couldn't even get the ball into him. Everton did a great job of passing the ball around the middle of the field. Delph is a fantastic passer when it's going backwards. He's the best backwards passer in the game. <laughs> Nothing going forward. Um, and and it's it really, and for Newcastle, there's really only one positive you can take out of it for Newcastle. Wilson was fantastic. Yes. He, he found a way to get the to get the penalty, right? That was good. And he slotted it away easily, even with all the bullshit that was going on around it. When you sit there and have to wait for two minutes before you take your penalty. And get a yellow card. That's an, yeah, and get a yellow card in the process. That's an opportunity to shit could get fucked up and you miss that penalty. He still slotted it home. And then very simple counter. Ryan Frazier comes in off the bench, makes a nice little pass, just like their own board myth days. Wilson gets a poacher's goal. Like they're really it was a shit game. Why am I still talking about this? I'm doing my shot on my lord. Fuck well, the world. But the score was called last week on the show. You got to give Alan credit for that. Yep. Spot on. To even call, I mean, he said Pickford would be play a part in it. Well, he did. Just not yeah. on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm intrigued to see Pat is supposed to uh, find out if he gets it for us or not. I was trying to find out what the exact payout on guessing that match correctly would be. We're thinking somewhere around a thousand dollars. So, um, Alan, next time know your fucking bet and fucking bet it so you can get paid, motherfucker. Respect the drip, Alan. Rounding out the rest of the league in, oh, so that happened. Wolves 2, Palace nil. City 1, Sheffield nil. Chelsea 3, Burnley nil. Spurs 2, Brighton 1. Fulham 2, West Brom nil. 
Leicester four, Leeds one. I'll be honest, four of these matches could have gone on the top part of the show, but these the top part of the show just had better talking points than the bottom side. But these were some entertaining matches, honestly, for an oh, so that happened. Really, really, really entertaining group of matches. Um, Wolves all day on Friday. Jesus, they dominated Palace. That was, you know, for a Friday night, Friday night lights game, that was entertaining. You know, they were pushing, they were going all over the pitch. They were controlling that match. Yeah, the uh, the teenager, um, Alnadi, gets his goal. First goal, that was the first 20 minutes he had played for that side, the wing back. Yeah. Nice little rebound, just slots it away. He had a hell of a match, too. Really looked good. Um, also, um, player to look out for, everybody. Put put this guy, if you haven't been paying attention already, but most of us know who he is, but Daniel Podence. Yes. Take note of that guy. Yep. He, he's, he is a baller. He really knows how to, um, you know, plays from the wing, knows how to attack central, you know, so the key thing with wings, like, and we were talking about Triori earlier, Triori, for all of his talent, is a bit of a one-trick pony. He's a bulldozer that can go 200 miles an hour. Right. So he goes really fast down the sidelines. Can put over some good crosses, but it's not always perfect. Potence was involved with the play that created the first goal, and Potence comes in off the weak side centrally to slot away the second goal. But throughout the game, his cutting and thrashing into the center of the pitch makes it wide, makes Jimenez get open more yeah. and more and more. And it makes central defenders have to worry about somebody other than Raul Jimenez. As the season goes on, you're going to see this. I, I think this guy's going to end up with, you know, for the lack of a better term, a double-double. I can see him with double-digit goals and double-digit assists. I can see Because he just makes himself available and is a hell of a player. He's just always around. He's always moving. When I was watching that, he, I mean, like you said, he was cutting in. He was finding the lanes. He was putting the ball in the spots on the field. It was, it was great watching him. It, yeah. it was, he just had energy to him. I got to say with, with Palace, um, they are who we thought they are. You know, I feel like they're going to beat the teams that are lesser than them. They're going to beat Fulham. They're going to beat West Brom. They're going to, I think they're going to beat Burnley. I think they're going to beat, um, but you know, well, they drew Brighton, but I think they can beat Brighton. They're a good solid 14, 12 to 14 in the table. But nothing more. No. Like they're just not going to beat more talented sides, which was funny because watching them the start of the year, you know, they, they, it was only one nothing, but they dominated Southampton. Like Southampton may have had control of possession, but control of possession does not equal control of game. Well, Zaha, when you watch him, he, I think, you know, I, I do have a bias toward him because I see him as the guy who pulls over Charleston all the time, just falls down on the field. But with him, he's not doing that as much this year. He's actually running in and playing. And he's finding the spots, and he was making some great passes and great crosses, but no one was getting on the end of them. 
So um, real quick, I've got somebody on the line real quick. It's um, it's the pot for uh, Salah and Mane um, uh, wanting to, t- it's the kettle calling, you okay. know, just, just wanting to talk to you real quick. Okay. That's all. Perfect. <laughs> Talking about diving. At least Richarlison gets fouled. Now he rolls around like a petulant child, but he at least gets fouled. <laughs> Salah, Salah just goes, hmm, there's somebody near me. Let and me could, fall. And, and can you believe I still picked him for my fantasy team this year? Oh, she's driving me nuts. But you I've just, won every, every match I've, had him on the bench though, so I'm just I don't know where that's coming from. All right, great. Well, then I'll trade you Wilf for uh, Richarlison, and we'll <laughs> call it a day. Um, but the 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 thing for for Palace is they've added some youth to their lineup, which is good. But can Roy coach youth? Is what I wonder. Um, can Roy, he relate to youth? Right. I mean, he's he's. I mean. He, he may be Jose's boss, but who knows if he's a kid's boss, right? right exactly. Uh, I, so I'm a little I'm a little interested to see how that all plays out. And I it, God, I want to be able to talk more about Palace, but they're really it's it's pretty black or white right now. And until they start either going successfully one way or six or unfortunately down the other, there's really not much more to talk about them for. No. Um, City not pretty, but effective. Um, they just don't look themselves yet. They, no, they don't. They look like they're running in sand. They're just not moving. And yes, they've been hit by the injury bug, you know, losing their top two strikers, but they just, they just don't look like they have it right now. We're going to talk about it when we do injury time. I'm more fascinated by this upcoming Liverpool City match than I am by any of the ones when they were both a hundred percent, both vying for the title, both big, strong teams. I'm kind of interested to see how these two teams play against each other as wounded animals. Right. Like it's going to be very interesting to see because there's still talent. Like, you know, somebody like, somebody like um, Sterling can really shred your defense with yes. what your defense is right now. And he likes to attack our weakness. <laughs> right. The only problem is, is when he gets to goal, he tends to have a hard time creating his own shot. He's normally a rebound and, and backdoor kind of guy. So, like, who the fuck's going to score the goals, right? Because, you know, with Aguero and Jesus both being hurt, nobody can seem to put the ball in the net. But for them, they're, you got the win. You probably could have scored some more. Sheffield, Sheffield, they're always going to be tough. But even for me, I'm, I, I, I said it last week, and it's bears worth repeating. Sheffield has Watford written all over them right now. Well, a team and- that might dig to themselves too big of a hole. And Man City, to me, looks like one of those teams that cannot wait for the international break to get here. That way they can get some of their players back and healthy, give some of their starters some rest time. But, um, yeah, it's that was – I watched that match, but it wasn't pretty. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I, another match not pretty at all uh, was Chelsea-Burnley. I mean, pretty for Chelsea as in the second half they figured it out and they got a couple extra goals. But that first half was, well, boring-ass boring – uh, Boring ass Burnley backing up the bus and Chelsea trying to break it down. And it took a deflection. Well, not even a deflection, just a kind of caught the keeper, caught Nick Pope asleep kind of goal to to get the one nothing lead at the end of the first half. Just it, Chelsea, you got to be happy. You, you, how can you be upset with a three nothing win? The you know? biggest part about that was Christian Pulichet rolling the ankle beforehand. Yeah. Um, and he did not look happy going off on the videos. So four, how long is he out for? 
Fortunately, he got tons. Well, honestly, oh, for got talent and right. talent, right? There's so much talent to go to, so not the end of the world. There, I it's it, Chelsea. You know what? Do this a couple times in a row because for for every four nothing Palace and then three nothing um th- three nothing to Burnley in the middle, you give us a three three against. Uh, against Southampton or a 3-3 that you were 3 nothing down to against West Brom, who still hasn't won a game in the league yet. Like, <clears throat> I'm not sold on you, Chelsea. I'm well, just not. In all competition, this is their fourth straight shutout. Or right. If, so, I mean, everyone was talking about that defense at the beginning of the year, but they're starting to figure it out here. Yeah, comp- it's competent keeping is really what it comes down to. Right. A, a, a guy who, when the ball is hit at your hands... You, you catch it or, See, but, but or when I love a ball it. is hit slightly away from you, you dive and you knock it away. <laughs> but I love when he passes it to like a player on my team and they can just chip it right in. Yeah. Yeah. They do that very well. Right. Jesus. Um, and, and Burnley, um, just to touch on Burnley very, very quickly. I'm also insanely concerned for Burnley and uh, Alan and I got it into it very deep last week. Uh, on when we were talking on injury time was Burnley may be one of those teams that not having a gate right now is absolutely destroying them. Well, where do you see a victory coming up? They got Brighton, Crystal Palace, Man City, and then Everton. Do you see one of those as a victory? Maybe Brighton? Maybe Brighton. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And, I mean, after Everton, you go Arsenal, Aston Villa, and then the Portuguese team. Yeah, <laughs> Wolves. I see what you did there. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Did again. I don't think it's gonna end well for them. And I think Dice may be fired very, very soon. Yeah. And it's and that's unfortunate because he's done so much for that club, but it's not going well. Uh, let's wrap up these last three pretty quick here. Uh, Spurs two, Brighton one. Finally, Bale gets a gets his goal. You could see he was excited as hell to get it. A perfect example of a Jose Mourinho game. Kind of ugly, you know, yeah, ugly. A penalty, a header. You gave up a dumb goal. You win two to one. It seems like a Jose game, you well, know. And you see Kane shot right off the post. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Jose would have gotten out there and maybe checked the dimensions of the post earlier, <laughs> could that have gone in? I mean, that's got to be the question we got to wonder. You know, you definitely have to wonder that. Um, the only regret that I have about that game is that Sam Graham wasn't here to try to mock the fact that Gareth Bale scored, and I was going to laugh at him while he did it. So with a man bun. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But right there, that moves them up to number three in the table. Yeah, well, it's their their team is good. They've got a great coach. Do we think this team has the gumption or you know fortitude to figure out how to win a league? I don't know. Well, and I think they have a coach who knows how to win a league. I don't know if they have respect, players. Respect three. Yes, three. Respect. <laughs> respect. I don't know if they have a team that knows how to win a league. Right. Now, um, on a side note, do you think Chelsea went out and got the three sponsor just to go back at Mourinho for three? Say, respect. Three, respect, respect. But now, their front two was Son, I mean, the nicest guy in the league. Let's, we can all <laughs> agree with that. And Kane, would you rather have a front two of those or would you rather have a front three like Mane, Firmino, Salah, or, you know, Richarlson, Kel, you know, Dominic Kelvin Lewis, yeah. and um, Rodriguez? Which yeah. would you rather have, a front three or a front two? Well, they're, they're going to a three. Um, eventually, it'll be Bale up there with them, but they want him to get his legs in. Right now, they've been using Lucas Moore. They've been using Bergvine. So 
Of those three, God, um, I mean, my blue bias is going to say my three guys because I really love what they're doing. And I also think that, you know, the, you know, that Calvert Lewin is doing is doing the dirty work and wins balls in the air where Kane isn't that kind of a player. But you also then you you then go and you look at, okay, let's go with you look at Spurs and Kane's a golden boot winner. There's no golden boot winners on Everton, right? Well, let's um, see if Kane can get through a year. Right. Son, right. Son's a bona fide goal scorer. But then uh, also, and I hate to say it, you go and you look at Liverpool, that is a bona fide front three that's won a title, that's won a Champions League, that um, both Mane and Salah are in the discussion every single year for golden boot. Every year, without a doubt, they're in the top five. Normally, both of them in the top five together. So kind of kind of hard. I, my blue color glass is going to go with my three boys, but I there's arguments to be made for all three, very fair arguments to be made for all three, and I see what you're trying to do, and you're not going to get me to say the fucking Liverpool front three. They can fuck themselves. Bunch of diving bitches that fucking throw spikes into people. Um, Fulham finally get a win. How about that? See, we're they, not we're going on to the next topic. They played a football match. Yeah, well, you know what? Mitrovic looked good. Yeah, yeah. It was, there was finally, there was finally some fire in that team. That team had been limping through. While there was talent and they were learning each other, they, Fulham finally, they showed up to that match desperate to win. And, and they got their first win of the year. Yeah. So congratulations. West Brom showed up to that match not desperate for their first win. No. That's a six pointer that there's going to be one of two results from this. And, and I'm, and I'm sorry, baggies listeners, but that was a toothless effort today. It was very, very poor. And you, this is one of those kind of games that you look back on if you're Fulham and you say, this is why we stayed up. And this can be one of those matches you look back on as a West Brom fan and go, this is why we went down. That is and it. And it's that early in the season, but it's going to be one that's going to stick with both of you very much. Um, and then the final game of the day was, uh, by the way, four to one is not at all a fair score line to this game because Patrick Bamford gets a wide open header in the first two minutes, hits it right to Casper Schmeichel. 30 seconds later, it's one, nothing. It's what Lester do. It's what Lester does. You give them the slightest mistake, the slightest mistake and voila goal, like on the first one. Yep. And I mean, with Lester, and I was listening to this while driving. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, you're fine. You were but, listening um, to it while driving. It just, the energy with that, you know, making the save and then sprinting down to the other end and then bam, right back in the net. Yeah. I mean, that just has to deflate leads. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is where you don't, like we are talking earlier about not having the gate, not having the people in the stadium. You're not feeding off of that energy as a player. Mm-hmm. And listening to some of the players talk about how quiet it is out there when, you know, they're just not used to that. They're able to communicate across with each other. But, wow, that was, you know, what a swing right off the bat that was. Well, and then a uh, horrific mistake also by the defense there, too, on that first goal, Russ. Well, I mean, when when you um, just can't stop anything and the the cock gets sloppy back on defense and doesn't get – stop anything sloppy cocks do not go well to scoring no having your team win no not at all see mel even russ does cock jokes for us (laughs) 
Now, it's um, really long and short of it was Lester took advantage of two quick mistakes by Leeds. Leeds were exceptionally sloppy throughout the match. And despite getting a goal, um, it was just a matter of Foxes being able to figure out a way to quickly counterattack and quickly score goals. Uh, last penalty up for debate, but you know what? It, this, 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 this is an instance in which you, why you have VAR, which is pretty much the case. So Leeds, this is the blueprint to beat Leeds. It really is. Well, and Leeds started off hot, but Leeds is starting to stumble a little bit right here. And will there, will the manager get off the, the box on the side? And throw off the shirt later on? I'm still waiting for that. You um, guys have been promising me that. It, well, it was a loss, so we can assume while we're recording right now, it's still just a few hours after the match, that Marcelo Bielsa is probably naked on a physio's table in the dark giving commentary to his players. It's time to tell you what little we know. It is prediction time. Uh, everyone hit but Graham, or as we like to call it, a perfect weekend. Um, Graham is down $243 and sucks at betting. So, um, hey, Graham, are you on the phone? I think you are, aren't you? Oh, I'm here. All right, great. Tell us what shitty bet you got this week that's going to lose. Uh, it's actually not a shitty bet, my friend. I have something that is going to dominate the weekend. Uh, Southampton beating Newcastle at home, which is pretty straightforward in my opinion. And then sorry, Mel, but Arsenal to take care of Villa at home in a two-part parlay that will get me plus 211. And still have you been down for the year. That's good. You know, you do so have far, another college fund. Again, again, my friend, it is a marathon, not a sprint. And I uh, have to be a little bit more conservative now that I have a second kid to pay for. Yeah, no shit. How do you feel about, um, um, you know, Arsenal winning? And I don't want you to get into the game. I only tell you this because Arsenal winning meant I hit my bet. No, that's fine. I'd rather have the three points on the board um, than, uh, than really give you a, a thought at all, actually. So. And for me to be up 320 and you down 243. That's Man. fine. Look at Pat. I'm I'm sitting pretty, my friend. I'm no problem. You know what? Right all, all you need is for your shitty bet to go wrong and his bet to go right. Next thing you know, you two are even, just about even on loss of dollars. Yeah, but my bet's gonna go right. His isn't. And I'll be fine. Excellent. So, um, that about covers it for you, doesn't it? You're good. Hey, congratulations on being a dad. Yay! Congratulations, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Actually, she's uh getting ready to eat, so I gotta go. All right. Well, hey, one more thing, Sam. And there we go. Bye, buddy. <laughs> um, all right. So, Russ, what do you got for us this week? I'm going to throw a curveball after him picking the one match. You know what? I'm going to stick with it. I'm going for a Villa draw. The way they played the last 30 minutes of that match this last week, I, I think they can con continue carrying it on. And it's the absolute last match before the international break. So I want to go with that last one. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. And that will give me a uh, plus 300 for the draw. Oh, plus 300 for the draw. Very nice. And like I said, I don't know what Allen's was. We were roughly estimating that it would have been plus a thousand if he actually had placed the two to one bet the other day. All right. Well, Pat is uh, actually got a win this week. So a rare win. Pat, you with us, buddy? Yep, I'm here. How's it going? Excellent. So, Mel, go ahead and cue our good friend in. And now, it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. So you win, and uh, 
you know, our boy uh, Graham lost, which is always beautiful, and you're slowly chipping away at that deficit. What do you got for us this week to continue? All right. Well, this week I got a titled Robin laid an egg. Uh, so I finally came accurately last weekend, and now that I got that out of the way, let's switch it up this weekend. I'm going to do a three-game round robin, which is essentially it's three two-game parlays. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to take Liverpool over Manchester City. That's straight at plus 235. I'm going to take uh, Manchester United over your squad, Everton, which is a pick em at minus 140. And I'm going to take uh, Southampton versus Newcastle at minus a half a goal at minus 120. Who are you, so taking, I'll be right- who are you taking in that one? I didn't hear that. Southampton uh, or Newcastle? I'm taking Southampton. Okay, got it. At minus a half a goal, yep. So I'll be risking 300 to hopefully win 1,200. But at least if I win two of the games, then I should walk away plus 200. Uh, depending on which team. So, I mean, that's how around Robin works. If I hit the uh, Liverpool plus 235 in any of the other games, then it's going to be a lot more than if I hit the, the minus 140 and the minus 120 game. And, and Excellent. By the way, your connection sucks my balls. I just have to tell you that, by the way, okay? My phone is it's a six as old as possible. Is it a little bit better? No. 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 Maybe if you hit a few more bets, you can afford a better phone. Oh, damn. Producer Mel with the zings. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, All right, buddy. Well, here's hoping only two of your bets hit because Everton's going to win, okay? Oh, well, hey, you know, that's, that's fine with me. As long as two hits, I'm, I'll be happy with that. But, uh, hey, I do want to just give a quick uh, congratulations to uh, Graham. You know, I'm sure you already talked about him having a daughter and everything. We Cute as a butt. Just, just had him on the phone and told him that. Oh, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Excellent, brother. All right, this is the point where you hang up on me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> 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 As he, he knows knows that. it's coming. Um, yeah, we got to work on that phone connection. That sounded really. It wasn't on me. Is he on T Mobile or Cricket? <laughs> oh no, damn! So I mean, he needs he's, to win some of these bets. He's, so. he's a degenerate gambler. It's definitely Cricket. He's definitely <laughs> on Cricket, no doubt about it. So hey, your boy is up three hundred and twenty dollars, and like I said, it's even better that I hit a bet. That that Sam's team winning meant I hit a bet, which just gives that little extra dig to it. And he claims it doesn't bother him, but it fucking does. Let's keep it rolling. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Russ, are you aware that 37.5% of the time it, it is, works? It is right 100% of the that time. That is right, my friend. Absolutely. And uh, this week, no difference. Um, I'm going to go ahead and win again. I'm going to go with West Ham to beat Fulham, even though I did say earlier that they were going to lose just because. And I'm going to pick uh, Gerard Bowen to score as well, which is an even plus 300. Oh, yeah. So that segment was pretty good. And it was really entertaining because most of us won. Sam lost. Fairly fun and upbeat, right? But we give you more. What else do we have? Russ knows what's up. It's Kitty the Chicken. Kitty the Chicken. Well, as both uh, men are dancing around me, I have to let you know that Kitty is inching her way back to 500 and is now at 3-4. So I went up to visit her the other day, but the chicken said she left for a trip. Hmm. Where's Kitty going? 
Who played today? Oh. Leeds. And Lester. Lester. Oh, I bet Lester. you she's backsliding. Mm. Well, I texted her to establish her whereabouts because I don't like it when she wanders. And she quickly texted me a chicken emoji plus a fox emoji equals hearts emoji. She went to see Jamie. Once you go Vardy, yeah. you never go back. Well, yeah. we certainly know where she is. So this week I gave her Leeds Traveling Crystal Palace. So then Kitty emailed me a link to a video on the dark web. Ooh. Of her at a fight club with Russell Crowe in the corner of Nikolai Coster-Waldo. Am I saying that right? Jamie Lannister? Jamie effing Lannister. Really? At a fight club? Yeah. And in the corner? That means like Lannister was throwing fists? Yeah. Oh, shit. But at least he had Russell Crowe coaching, but yeah. Known fighter. Yeah. I would dare say uh, it was a cockfight for chickens. Now, apparently, the boys both support underground bare-knuckle boxing along with supporting leads. So we can all guess that that is Kitty's pick this week. Uh, check it out, Gekko. The chicken picked you for the first time. I'm surprised Kitty went with leads after what they just did to her man, Jamie. Uh, you know, Kitty's, Smart money. Gotta Kitty play the always money. goes oh, the money, okay. not the okay. heart. She learned that. That must be part of her get back together. But as always, people, remember to gamble legally and responsibly. All right, we're going to talk about the things that really, really matter, which was uh, Taylor's team that on our closed group in uh, on Facebook was constantly trolling one Mr. David Geckel. It was Carlo's brow against brow beaters. Um, brow beaters got whooped, like really, really, really whooped. And uh, they still remain undefeated. Um, Graham won, which was nice for him. So we have to bring that up or else he'll get upset that we didn't talk about him. But the most important one would be one Mr. FC at mouth breathers across the way from me, arms in the air. Go out ahead. Of the, out of the basement. Yes. Beat me. And, uh, I find myself in seventh place now. Um, very interesting one. Like we said, uh, JB McConville got his little, uh, penalty right at the end to beat, um, one Mr. David Geckel. So, insult to injury was Dave's team gives up a penalty right at the end of the game um, to lose four to one. And then also the guy playing him in fantasy had the guy taking the penalty to add salt to the wounds. Well, and have you seen Taylor's team name change? Uh, yes. Carlos Frau. Yeah. <laughs> now very yes. clever, very clever T- Taylor. You know what? He's all about the bits and that's what I do very, very much appreciate. So um, current standings has Carlos Brown first, Elliot with New York Toffees in second. Even though he lost, Smokey is still sitting in third. And now rounding out the bottom of the league is one Mr. Chris Firehawk at uh, this amp goes to 11 in last place. Uh, Chris, if you need any advice on what you do in last place, just let me know. I've been there all season. And also of things that really matter and are very, very important, uh, FK Big Samsk is exactly um, 22 points ahead of uh, Samuel Graham. So I'm still beating him, which is all that really, really matters. But, what I, but what I love with FK Big Sam, mm-hmm. you're right in the Everton spot, just outside of Champions <laughs> League, just outside of Europa. Yeah, that's a good spot for me to be. Do um, we know what Taylor changed his team name to? We just said it, Carlos Frau. Oh, I wasn't listening. Don't play the island game, woman. <laughs> At least not during the big show. Why you know? don't you go get him a goalie? 
Yeah. Oh, I got two. Just <laughs> not neither one of them play. <laughs> one of them doesn't even play for the team I anymore. It, I couldn't make it too easy for Taylor. Right. I mean, he does have, after all, Jamie GU draft Vardy. pick number one pick. Right. Jamie Effing Vardy. Two assists and a goal today. Gave him lots of points, so he well, can't pitch too he's much. The number right. One draft pick. Exactly. Very good. So that about wraps it up, boys and girls. Russ, any parting words? Just um for everyone who can hear this, make sure tomorrow you get out and vote. Absolutely. Fantastic. And um, that's going to wrap it up, everybody. Next up is injury time, where we preview the next, uh, the weekend's games, and we talk about the beers we've been drinking all night. Russ, how can one check out our injury time? Go to www.patreon.dufootballshow.com. Is that correct? Close. A backslash DU football show. Thank you very much. I I kept looking up at the board. I was like, where's the whiteboard, Mel? I got to give, I got to give Graham something to hang on to that makes him feel important because he does it really, really well. He does. So I haven't been telling people that I'm going to ask him to do it. I just throw it at him. So that gives him at least some glimmer of hope that he's wanted and needed here. He is wanted. He is needed. Alan doesn't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, did Alan have uh, Liverpool? Bird over the top of his head when he was in here? No, I don't think. Well, Alan didn't come in via oh, remotely. Right. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Until next week, everybody. Thank you, guys. Ciao, ciao. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord, but straight in shorts. Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!